We recently had the uh, Gospel of Martha and Mary. Was that last week or the week before? You don't remember either? It was <laughs> and uh, in that Gospel, um, there was sort of presented this dichotomy or we were bid to reflect on the difference between being and doing, right? Mary, who was being with Jesus, and then Martha, who was doing for Jesus. So we, we reflected on that. Today, I think we're bid to reflect on the difference between being and having, being and having. When I look at the, the Gospels, it seems to me that Jesus is principally concerned about two things. Now, he's concerned about a lot of things, but he kind of goes back to these main points, right? And the first one he goes back to has to do with the Pharisees, the chief priests, and the scribes, right? They're not merciful. They're very rigorous with their religion. They want everybody else to be rigorous, you know, rigorous application of, of their, their religion, do everything exactly right. And they relied very much on themselves, and they wanted other people to see what they were doing. You know, look at, look at me, look at how great I am, look at, look at how faithful I am to God, look at all the things I'm doing, you know, to, to prove um, how good I am, you know, would be sort of their perspective. And then they would leverage that over the other people to, to, to make them feel bad, to make them feel unworthy, etc. cetera, uh, which included, of course, not being merciful, but being very, very rigid. So the Lord goes after them over and over and over and over. And one of the main reasons he does so is because that sort of practice, of course, is, is egocentric, right? I mean, it's prideful, and any time you're entering into that realm, you're entering into having far too much confidence in the self, right? And so as they're rigorously practicing their faith, well, let's take it away from the Pharisees and we'll just make them Catholics now. So a Catholic who's, who's so concerned about doing everything exactly the right way, you know, and is really, really rigorous with, the, with their faith is a person who is focused way too much on themselves and what they can do to be righteous in, in, the, in front of God, in the face of God. Which, of course, there's nothing we can do. That's just the teaching of our faith. There's nothing we can do to earn his grace, to earn his favor. We already have it. It's already there. And so the, the Pharisees and all of them, and of course you can extrapolate to today, they were focused on the self, right? They were focused on their own abilities, and so the reliance was on themselves, not on God, right? Ultimately, a person who is so rigorous about practicing their faith and doing everything exactly the same way, at some level thinks that if they do it perfectly, it matters to God. And how many times does Jesus have to say that it doesn't matter? That he's not looking for, for that sort of, you know, perfect adherence to, especially, you know, man-made laws or church-made laws as opposed to divine revelation, which is a different thing. So with that, you have the criticism of the Pharisees largely revolves around their reliance on the self as opposed to the reliance on God. Fine. Now, the second main point he tends to talk about is what we hear today, which he, he's constantly talking, telling the people to not be sort of tied to this life, tied to this earth, tied to this world. And what ties us to this world are generally possessions. Generally because we're so focused on things 
and we were seeking our happiness through the things that instead of having reliance on God, we're having, we're really kind of putting our reliance on having, on things, on material goods that were never created or intended to give us happiness. So in the two foci then, I guess, of Jesus, main foci, you have you know, people who are relying on the self for fulfillment, which isn't going to work because you need to rely on God first. And, and really the same answer for the second. You have people who are seeking to be fulfilled by things and by having and placing into those things far too much focus. And therefore they're relying on the things as opposed to relying on God. Furthermore, when we're so focused on material things for our happiness, um, it also ties us more to this life. So like this guy in the, the parable, right? I mean, it didn't happen. Jesus made up the story to, to tell people or to show them and prove his point. You know, so here's a farmer who had a great harvest, which maybe was due to his talent. But then again, back then, there was a whole lot of chance uh, relative to the kind of harvest you would bring in. So anyway, as this great harvest fills all his barns, he's like, well, I'm done. Retirement. Retire me now. I'm 35, you know, or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter what age he was, but uh, I'm retired now. I'm going to sit back and enjoy the fruit of my labor. And then that night, boom, dead. Whoops. He decided that his fulfillment would be found in those things. His security would be made manifest in having enough for the rest of his life, as it were. And it, as the Lord says, you know, that very night his life was demanded of him. I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, it's not the same thing, but, but it's similar, but, but we've heard of, you know, people who work their entire lives and, and you know, they retire and, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. They're ready to retire. And then in retirement, really, they kind of, they can lose their purpose, they can lose their way, but also they can end up losing their health very, very quickly. Right? They work all their lives to build up this mountain of security, and then it doesn't matter. Or the people who work their entire lives building up this mountain of wealth so that they can feel secure, but their relationships have just all gone to you know where. Right? They're not in good relationship with their, their kids or their, their siblings or you know, whomever. And so they've put all kinds of focus on feeling secure in things, but those other things that really matter that are actually going to endure are just a complete mess. And what's the point? And you might say, well, Father, the point is that a person like that is gonna have everything that they want in this life, to which I would say, maybe not. I mean, they might have the material wealth that they, they want, or some of it, but the things that really, really matter, the things we care about, I mean, just consider, once in a while I'll, I'll, I'll talk to different people and I'll, I'll just say, well, especially dads. So this goes out to you dads. When you die, what do you want your kids to say about you? He was a great provider. He, he, he gained a lot of wealth. That's good, I guess. He was a loving father. Oh. He was always there for us. 
He was vulnerable to us and, and showed us the way as his kids. You know, the, the relationships are what matter. The stuff, I mean, it kind of matters. I forgot to buy my lottery ticket Friday. I was gonna win. And some guy in Illinois, person in Illinois got my numbers. I went to the store and it was like 20 minutes and they said, sorry, it cut off. I completely blew off Tuesday. I didn't even remember Tuesday, but anyway. I never play the lottery and this is why, not because I don't want to. I have all kinds of dreams about what I would do with over $700 million. I don't have a lot of dreams, but, uh, but you know, we think like that and we think, well, gosh, if we just had more, you know, then a lot of our cares would be, would be done with. And that's true. Money does solve problems. And here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with those things. So perhaps you're really blessed in your career, or you've been blessed in your life, and you have a greater material wealth than, than your neighbor. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing inherently immoral with that, right? So the, the Lord's injunctions about these things are not designed to make every person who has more than they need guilty that they have more than they need. That's not the point. The point is not how much a person has, it's how much value they place in what they have, how much reliance they put into those things that, that they've been given as blessings. And if the reliance is way too much, if it's disproportionate, it gets a person no longer focused on God to rely on. And again, they're back to relying on sort of themselves, but also finding their security in stuff. And so this sort of tries to make things greater than they were ever intended to be. You know, the whole love of money thing. Well, you know, some people might say, well, I kind of love having enough money. Most people do. That's not the point. It's bestowing a type of love on things that should be only bestowed upon people. There was a homily I gave some, some months ago about different forms of love, right? We shouldn't try to love the things we have in the same fashion you would love your wife, right? Because your wife or your husband, your children, any other person is a subject, right? And the kind of love that we give to a, an individual is so much greater than we should give to things. But what happens is when people are loving their things too much, they're trying to bestow a type of love upon the things that was never meant to happen because those things can't love back. It's not, a, it's not a true reciprocal relationship. They're just things. All right, you get the point. So ultimately what the Lord is trying to get at is with this particular gospel is we are meant for eternity. And this, this farmer right, in the parable forgot that he was meant for eternity. And he was living as though he was meant for this. And this is okay. You know, there's some really good stuff we experience. I really love being around you. I mean, most of you. I don't know, you're all pretty nice. Actually, it's funny, Chris and I were talking last night and uh, I'm just gonna share the story. And he and I have had so many, diff so many similar experiences throughout the years working in the church. And he says, you know, people come up to him and he's just always ready for a complaint. And he said, I don't know what it is about this church. People are just so nice. It's like everywhere else I've been, you know, they were, they were pretty mean. And I said, well, that was you mainly, you know, it wasn't them. 
and it was me too. <laughs> um, but you know, when we really look at the goodness that we experience here and the ex- we experience in our lives, when it's good, it's because of those relationships. They're really nourishing. They're really good for, and those are the things that last. Those are the things you remember. You know, those are the things you remember after your parents die, after your friends die. You remember the relationship. You know, you, you, you live with those good and fond memories you carry with you. The stuff comes and goes. You know, everything in this life that's material can be pretty much replaced. But those relationships can't. The relationship with God, the relationship with our families and our community, it can't be replaced. And so, again, the Lord is getting us to refocus. Fine, take care of business. There's nothing wrong with having a good savings plan and being secure and responsible fiscally. That's good, that's healthy. But then set it aside and let's focus on what really, really matters our reliance on God, our relationship with him, and continuing to cultivate those good relationships with one another. Please stand.